You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Cobb. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready For game day, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. I know I need a little caffeine, a little sugar to get me to that finish line because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for watching football. We have switched up our schedule this week. Our normally Wednesday edition of Zao You Doing? How you doing? Is going to be today. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee is going to be on the show to talk about Packers Saints. And then Mike Sandow from The Athletic is going to be here for Expert Tuesday, which is going to be Expert Wednesday uh, to talk about this Packers offense and Aaron Rodgers in particular. Uh, I I had him on last year. We had a great conversation, and and he and I have had a couple chats about this, and and I know that the, the NFL has thoughts on how uh, Matt LaFleur's offense and Aaron Rodgers fit. I know Mike has some of those thoughts and it's interesting to see some of those things coalesce here. And, and I think upend some of the conventional wisdom about the Packers and this offensive system. I don't want to start with the offense though. I want to start with the defense coming out of a 30 point game for the saints. The Packers defense takes center stage, Mike Pettin's unit under fire, we know what happened in week one with the Vikings' furious fourth-quarter comeback. Uh, the Lions were still able to put up points early in that game. Green Bay has to come back from a 14-3 to deficit because they couldn't stop Detroit early on. On the other hand, okay, on the other hand, if you take out absolute peak garbage time, so with a win percentage for either team between 5% and 95%, so other than you know, the last three minutes of a blowout game. The Packers are 10th in EPA per play defensively, and they are sixth against the pass in EPA per play. And you can say, okay, yeah, but the run defense, the run defense is terrible. They can't stop anyone. They're so soft, all that stuff. Okay. I understand that perspective in the run defense. Clearly against the Saints was a problem. It was a problem against the Vikings. But not so big a problem that they lost the game. Not so big a problem, really, that they were ever out of a game. Certainly not the kind of problem that they faced in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. And maybe that's just unique to San Francisco. But if you look at the league, the Packers are ahead in EPA of some other really good teams. And we're not complaining about their run defense. The Rams, the Bills... 
the Chiefs, they have worse run defenses by estimated points added per play than the Packers have if you if we exclude that those weird win percentage garbage time numbers. And that may seem like cooking the books. It may seem like funny math to say, oh, well, if you exclude all the, all the, the places where the Packers defense are the worst, then they're actually decent. That's not quite the case. And, and 5% is, is really not that much. Uh, you know, 95% win percentage, you have to be really in control of a game to have a 95% win percentage, okay? So it's not like, you know, you're up 15 in the, the second quarter and we're excluding that stuff. No, you don't have a 95% win percentage even against the Lions uh, in the second quarter with a lead like that. You have to have a lead much later in the game, you know, end of the third quarter, for example, with a a two touchdown lead, a 15 point lead, an 18 point lead, a 21 point lead, that's when you have a win percentage in that range. Green Bay, when it has needed to win games, and I've made this point over and over, when it has needed to win games, the defense has come through. And it did again Sunday night. If you look at the second half, they get the fumble on the Taysom Hill play. Their third force fumble of the game, just the the first that they were able to get on. And it wasn't like, you know, the, the first two were flukes. Oren Burks put his helmet on the ball. And I guess it was actually literally his hand. But he went for the ball on a play and was able to knock it out. Kingsley Kiki on a beautiful rush. Got Drew Brees. Had him dead to rice. It's a sack fumble. Those are not fluke plays. Those are plays that count, that matter, and that are sustainable Insofar as if you can keep creating pressure, you keep putting yourself in a position to force fumbles. Green Bay, relative to the amount of pressure they created last year, actually created fewer fumbles than you might expect. And part of that is because, you know, the pressure is coming from the front side rather than the blind side. And and that's where a lot of the fumbles are able to be. But this is a situation where Green Bay was able to get the stops they needed on Sunday night. Chandon Sullivan makes the third and five tackle. And in week one, it was they were able to score enough points that it didn't matter. And the, and the Packers played a lot of soft coverages, knowing that the offense was rolling. It hasn't hurt them to this point. It's also worth pointing out that the Packers' offense is a major part in all of this. And I've said that, that it's the case that the Packers' run defense, you know, their best run defense can be the Packers' passing offense or whatever offense that, that they need that week. Because clearly in week two, you know, they were able to lean on Aaron Jones. But if you go back and look at the Saints in this game, in the first half, they ran all over the Packers. And it was a big part of the reason that the Saints were able to score 17 points. And they were able to to be in a position to, you know, potentially take a lead into halftime and, and all of those things. But they finished the game. Okay, the Saints finished the game with 122 yards on 20 carries, a 6.1 yard average. And Alvin Kamara, I mean, <laughs> six carries, 58 yards total. That's almost 10 yards per carry on average. They were very efficient, but they weren't able to get to the run game in the second half because the Packers just kept scoring points. And so you feel like you have to play catch up. And that's the position that this offense 
can put opposing offenses in. If you feel like you have to play catch-up, then you need to throw the ball. And as Chris Collinsworth said about 100 times during the game, this Packers defense is built to play in shootouts. And then some people have made jokes, oh, does, is that code for this, this defense is bad? <laughs> and no, what he meant is they want to play in nickel. They want to play in dime. They want they want to rush the passer. They want to they want to show you creative pressure looks, all that stuff. They don't want to get into a knock them down, drag them out kind of game. Camaro was not a major factor in the running game in the second half. He was a major factor in the passing game because he had to be, because the Saints had to keep passing, because they had to keep up with this offense, and that is the biggest difference this year. I think this defense. If they are just going to play to their abilities, can be better. That's something that I want to finish the show talking about a little bit. And it's something that I want to talk to Lily about. So we're going to do that, of course. But the Packers are able to be in a position to not have the run game kill them if they can maintain this offensive efficiency. Now, of course, if they can't, then that creates all kinds of problems for them. And they need to get that stuff sorted out if they want to compete in you know, late December, January, and and ultimately for Super Bowls. And if no matter how hard you try, you just can't get buying car parts sorted, it's one of those things that when you buy a car, you don't really think about, oh yeah, I'm going to have to replace this gas cap eventually. Oh, what if the what if the windshield wiper fluid is low and I don't know where that button is and I, I break something trying to open the hood of the car. There are a million things that can go wrong with your car And if you don't want to get gouged at a big box store, rockauto.com has you covered. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. It is the perfect store for COVID buying. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They are not going to give you one price and someone who fixes cars professionally another price, even though a lot of other stores, it turns out, do that. I didn't even know that. You could be losing out on savings that you didn't even know you could be getting. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and get the lowest price they can give you right now, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Back for another edition of everyone's favorite bit. Zao, you doing? Lily Zao is with us to break down Packers Saints Week Three's marquee matchup, at least until the Ravens and the Chiefs, of course, uh, faced off on Monday night. Lily, from the perspective of proving it, I framed it that way that this was a prove it game for the Packers. That that we could say, okay, now they've arrived. Is that the conclusion now that you've reached, at least through three weeks, based on this game? Yes. Well, before I get started talking about the Packers, I want to say, is that how you doing, Peter? How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? I just had to throw that in there. All right. Anyway, back to football. <laughs> um, I think we talked about it last week as, you know, this was definitely a litmus test of, like you mentioned, just where is this Packers team in the grand scheme of things? Because like we've seen, the Vikings are not that good and the Lions obviously are struggling. So <clears throat> where is this Packers team? And What I've learned is that this offense is good. The defense still needs some help. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I can say, you know, Michael Thomas didn't play. It would have been a different game. And obviously Devontae didn't play. So who knows the true metrics and 
grand scheme of everything. But what I've seen from this team is that they can really compete on offense, even without Devontae, which is a great sign. And obviously kudos to Matt LaFleur for coming up with all the play calls. Uh, so the offense looks phenomenal. Defense still a progress or still a work in progress is what I'm trying to say. So again, yeah, you we'll- almost said problem. And I think that's just as fair an assessment. They were a problem last night and, and they need to get that fixed moving forward. What's what struck me is I think they have the talent to do it. Jair Alexander was awesome. Again, they got great contributions from Kingsley Kiki. I mean, I, I'm trying to put my figure on finger on why this defense hasn't looked better. And I can't really figure it out. I mean, what's going on? I don't know. It's just they're not getting consistent pressure up front, which is discouraging to see because, you know, Drew Brees, a wide variety of that game, just had all day to throw and he just was dinking and dunking them to death. And then, of course, the run game with Kamara. I mean, all those missed tackles on that one, what, 52-yard touchdown. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's not good. So I don't know. It's it's how can these guys get pressure up front? Because if they're facing a guy like Russell Wilson, you know, down the stretch, if they see them, you're going to have to put pressure in his face. Otherwise, he's just going to just destroy this defense. So they're just going to have to find a way to get better. And right now they have the pieces they have. It's just how do you maximize those guys and, and get the most out of them? Yeah, I think if you're making the case for how this defense can get back, at least just be as good as they were last year. And they were, you know, a middle of the pack defense adjusted for schedule and efficiency. They were a top 10 passing defense by DVOA and a top five defense rushing the passer. If they're just that, I mean, they might be the best team in the NFC Uh, anyway. If they get to that level of defense, I think they're clearly the best team in the NFC just because the, the 49ers are so banged up and the Seahawks, they can't stop anyone either. Their defense is worse. It seems like if they just get their best players to play their best, this team can be a much better defense. We just haven't seen the best from Zedarius and Preston Smith or Darnell Savage or Adrian Amos. These guys are getting off to a bit of a slow start. They really are. And, you know, like you kind of mentioned, you know, the Packers, their offense looks great. Their special teams looks good, Uh, especially there with Tyler Irvin. It's just can they get that third piece of the puzzle in the defense to really step up? And I do really feel like the defense – fed off that crowd noise. So I don't know if that's kind of yeah. playing a bit into it, whereas they're just starting these games off a little stale. There is not a lot of energy. And then when they have to really pick it up down the stretch, they do. But it's how do you start off with energy when there aren't any fans in the stands to really make a statement? Because, again, they're going to be facing some really tough quarterbacks down the stretch here. And God forbid one of these days the offense just can't get it going. Can the defense really win games for them like they did last year? Yeah, and, and we saw him do it last year. That's the weird thing. I want to I want to try and pivot a little bit to talk more about the offense because I, I don't think enough can be said about the great game plan that was put together. Matt Lafleur, uh, expert in in getting that together, and then Aaron Rodgers went out and executed with the, with the help of really everyone. Were you surprised how good they look? I mean, they didn't miss a beat out there. Yeah. It- Honestly, truly surprised because it was a little shaky in in the early goings, but then once things kind of picked up, they were perfectly fine. I think it was just how which has been the case for the first two weeks, too, even with Devontae Adams. Yes, yes. And I think it was just because last year we you know, they they came into games where it was they should win handily and then it was not the case. So I, you know, I will. I was a little skeptical. I was like, can they really get things going with really no true live game action in the offseason? 
and they have exceeded my expectations. I know people have said, you know, they were based off what they saw with Rogers during training camp. They're like, he's going to go off. And he really has um, very pleasantly surprised with this offense. They look lethal. And especially with Lazard, even MBS, and then the tight end stepping up. I mean, chef's kiss to Matt LaFleur. Chef's kiss. <laughs> in in, uh, in Seattle, they have Let Russ Cook. And and now in Green Bay, we can do, we can do chef's kiss for Matt LaFleur. Because he really has been... Uh, masterful in in the way that that he's put together this offense. Aaron Rodgers said last week he's seeing more open receivers than ever before, and and it's really not hard to understand why. We saw it on Sunday, guys running wide open. I mean, Alan Lazard, Jay Sternberger, Robert Tanyan on the on the the touchdown to put them up ten. I mean, guys are wide open. We can't do the thing that we've done for years and say these receivers can't get open because whether or not they can on their own almost doesn't matter. This offense is making it work for them and they're getting contributions from everyone. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Matt LaFleur said he was going to scheme guys open and boy, did he ever because when (laughs) Alex Lazard, like you mentioned, just running free, you're like, what is happening? He got behind everybody. And that's just the beauty of this offense is that when it's clicking, it looks this good in week three, you know, they still have some points out there in the early goings. It's, it's, this is what it's supposed to look like, but it can get even better, which I think is going to be scary for defenses once everything is just firing at all cylinders and when Devontae comes back. Yeah, they they turned the ball over once uh, on downs, not getting a fourth and short. They settled for some field goals. As you mentioned, I mean, they, they put up 37 points and they could have played better. That's what's crazy about this team. And what I was really heartened by was in the second half when they needed to keep scoring. This has happened in in all the games basically so far is They've been able to do it. We didn't see them do that last year. I mean, that seems like the biggest difference to me. What have you seen in terms of the aggressiveness of this offense in the second half of these games? Well, you know, I think it's really just their production on third down. And that's what Matt LaFleur mentioned. He said we're much better on third downs and it's showing. And even if, you know, they're getting to a fourth and short situation, we've seen him say basically all gas, no bricks. We're going to go for it. You know, granted mm-hmm. that one that one call with Aaron Jones, you know, I think Lazard missed the block there, but stop short but you know beyond that it's they're really going for it and that's just been so fun to see but they have been really really good on third downs in the second half of games and that's really shown as to why they're able to really sustain drives and score yeah and i wonder if it's a situation like in golf where you know if you're if you're putting really well you don't feel like you have to hit it close to every pin if aaron Rodgers knows hey if it's fourth and three we're gonna go I don't have to take that shot play on third and eight. I can pick up five yards because we're going to go for it on fourth down. That's not something you can say about this offense in years past. Exactly. And what I think is, you know, it gives me a lot of optimism is that unlike years past, there's a confidence that this offense can pick it up on fourth down. You know, they're not playing timid. There's just a belief that they can get it. Uh, And we saw that multiple times, yes, or multiple times on Sunday night. Uh, when they kind of just moved the chains when they really needed to. And and guys just really stepping up in very clutch situations to to make big plays. And that's what we expected out of this offense. And it's just so fun to see it come to fruition so early in the season. Uh, this is one of those like soft skill, body language, doctor kind of things. But it, it was hard for me to watch Aaron Rodgers last night look so comfortable jawing with opponents and smiling and not think about Brett Favre later in his career and and the comfort level that he had on the field. 
it just seems like such a stark difference from the guy that we saw in 2018 and 2019. I mean, he's talked about the the calm that he's found, the inner happiness that he's found, but you can see it in his play. He looks so confident and so calm out there. I can't remember the last time that he looked like this. I, I think it's probably 2014. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, I came in 2015, and there have been some some tense Rodgers seasons, so I think you're right. I, think it's <laughs> I feel like I'm a jinx in Wisconsin, but we won't tell people that. Um, anyway. No. <laughs> it was just fun to see him, like you mentioned, just even later in the game when, you know, they have to score, when even when it's a tie ball game, and he's out there laughing and joking, and even when defenders are maybe potentially about to sack him, he still gets up and he's smiling. It's... It's a new, renewed Aaron Rodgers. I know he said, you know, he found a new a new and renewed sense of life. And that's really what you want out of a out of your future Hall of Fame quarterback because it's really translated to his play. And, I mean, oof, he looks good. He really does. Yeah, and I, maybe he just knew something we didn't. Maybe he just knew this offense was going to hit the way that it has, and, and that gave him some inner calm because, I mean, they said all offseason – that year two in this offense is different. There are the comparisons to the 2016 Falcons. And to me, I, you know, I, I would bring that up, but I don't know that I believed they could make this kind of leap. I thought that Aaron Rodgers, you know, was just at a different point in his career. How, how much of this do you think was predictable? How much did you buy into the idea that, hey, in year two, this could not only be a better offense, it could be maybe the best offense in the league because that's what they've been. Honestly, I didn't expect them to be, you know, scoring 122 points through three games. I mean, honestly, <laughs> well, did not expect that at all. time all. great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I expected them to look more comfortable and look better just because, again, they had a year under, you know, under their belts with this off, with this offensive system. But just the way they came out again in week one, like we talked about, just completely firing and looking like they've been playing in this offensive system for years now. That's what really shocked me again because they had no live season or no live game reps during the offseason. So just kudos to these guys for really figuring out and for Rodgers really executing everything just so well because it's just, it's been so fun to watch. I know Packers fans are, you know, they they love seeing the high flying offices of Green Gold Game Day pasts and this has been just such a delight to watch. On the other side of the ball though, the biggest the biggest concern has to be on defense and, and we touched on it a little bit. How much do you think is solved by just getting healthy, just having Kenny Clark in there? You know, maybe they they find some things, Darnell Savage and, and Adrian Amos play more like they did last year. You know, we, they don't need Zedaria Smith to be the best defensive player in the league, which is something that that certainly he was in the conversation with last year. But but how much is just, hey, can can everyone just play normal and and be healthy and we'll be OK? You know what? I, that's a great question is because, you know, we had a relatively healthy team, well, a pretty healthy team week one against the Vikings. And, you know, they still had those drives where it was the Vikings just moved down the field with ease. So mm-hmm. you're kind of wondering, you know, even if they're healthy, can they really sustain that next level? That's that's to be seen because we've seen these teams really just take it to them in the run game and nothing really drastic has changed. They've just been very opportunistic and getting the turnovers are the three and outs. They really need to get the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands. But you kind of have to wonder, you know, once they face a really good offense, can they really make a difference when guys are healthy? And I think whenever Kenny gets back, that'll be a good gauge of where this team could potentially be when one of their key pieces is back up front. 
Yeah, it's hard not to think of everything through the lens of, okay, but can they beat the 49ers? Can they beat the Seahawks? Can they beat these really good teams? And the Saints would have been on that list, right? I mean, coming into the year, I think the the perception was the Packers are a good team. They're not a great team. They're a tier below. The, certainly the Saints and the 49ers, and maybe in that next tier with the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Well, the Seahawks might be in that top tier now, but so might the Packers as you're thinking about how this team could look in the playoffs, do you think they're better equipped today after seeing them through three weeks of 2020 to beat a team like the 49ers in the playoffs than they would have been last year? I really do because I, I feel like this offense is in such a groove where, you know, we saw them yeah. again in that 49ers game just not get anything going. And I mean, you don't have to give you know credit to the 49ers defense because they were very good. But I feel like this offense is much more equipped – to handle adversity and to handle really good defenses where they can still put up points when need be. I still think, again, the question is on the defensive side of the ball in that, you know, can they just bend a little but not break? Um, And again, I think we're going to really get a good feel of where this team is at in the first half of the season when they do play some of these very good teams. Yeah, and they're going to get their opportunities. I mean, the the 49ers are coming up here in a couple weeks. The Buccaneers are coming up here in a couple weeks. And it's not like their opponent this week, the Falcons, can't score. I mean, we know even if Julio Jones can't play, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, um, that offense is going to be able to put up points. The question for them is, are they going to blow it in the fourth quarter? We'll see what happens there. And, and if they do, uh, you'll be on the show next week uh, to talk about it. Lily, this was great. Thanks. Thank you. Before we finish up, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. You've heard me talk about them before. If you don't believe me, try it for yourself. I'm not baiting you. I'm telling you Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And it's not surprising. Names like caramel brownie, carrot cake, double chocolate, salted caramel, banana bread. These are protein bar flavors and you will never believe that that's what they are because they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. A huge selling point for me because protein bars are usually gritty and difficult to chew and gross. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose weight or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, and they're high-fiber. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find innovative cures for complex diseases and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. I want to thank Lily for another rousing edition of Zayu Doin. How you doing? 
now I'm incapable of saying it without doing the the full impression of it. I I tried early on to not do that, but Lily wanting to do it every time is is really affecting me. Uh, so I I have to keep doing it. I just want to finish up with with this thought, and it's something that you know after Lily and I talked about it and I, I thought about it more, and you know I I think about these things a lot uh, as I'm sure you do. Um, the thing about this defense is you want to have a, a path forward. You want to say, okay, can this team get better? And and if they can, how can they get better? What is the path to them being better? And I think the, the case for the Packers defense is just they need their best players to play like we know they're capable of playing, like we've seen them play. Darnell Savage was better last year. Adrian Amos was better last year, and maybe this is just a slow start. Defenses around the league are having issues with opposing offenses. And so the Packers are just one of 32 teams dealing with this. And, and you know, the even really good uh, coaches are dealing with this. You know, Pete Carroll, his defense doesn't have a freaking clue. And, and there are teams around the league that are just trying to figure this out. The Patriots defense even. You know, Russell Wilson lit them up. And Stephon Gilmore is still on that team. Bill Belichick is still coaching that defense. They still have a lot of really good players in that secondary. And they had no answers for the Seahawks. Right now, the offenses are ahead of the defense. But if Zedaria Smith plays, he doesn't even have to play at the, you know, best best defensive player in the league level that he did last year. Preston Smith doesn't need to play at a double-digit sack guy like he did last year. Kenny Clark doesn't need to be the second-best interior disruptor you know, after Aaron Donald. They just need to be solid. Just like be the, the, the median of what they're capable of being. And this defense can be better because we haven't really seen it. And, and Kenny Clark has been hurt, so that's part of it. So we, I, I don't want to blame his productivity on anything other than that, because clearly that's been a major thing. But Zedaria Smith has been on the field. Preston Smith has been on the field. Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, those guys have been around. And and I'm really happy with the way the secondary's played. You know, based on the way the defense has been called, the secondary's played well. Kevin King's been good. Jair Alexander has been out freaking standing. Two targets, one catch, minus two, and a pass breakup. He's been really, really good. So just get normal baseline play from the other players on this defense because they have the talent to be better than they've seen. And we just we need to see it for them to get to that place. Remember, tomorrow on the show, Mike Sando, expert Tuesday becomes expert Wednesday. Uh, and, and I think Mike is as smart and as good a football writer as we have. So really excited to have him on the show um, read anything he writes, listen when he does interviews. I mean, I, I can't get enough. He's one of those. I have season tickets to Mike Sando. If he is writing something, I'm reading it. If he's on a podcast, I'm listening to it. So I, I hope you will join me. Uh, one of my favorites. And then on Thursday, we will have uh, crossover Thursday locked on Falcons for a Monday night football tilt. Uh, for new listeners, uh, we will have a recap show of the Sunday action for the Monday show. And then of course, Tuesday will be our recap show with our, there will be, um, if we can, if we can get it worked out, there will be an expert Tuesday, 
Um, but we'll do it on Monday. And we'll have a conversation with a Packers writer to talk about some of the, the stuff going on in the NFL. Maybe, maybe just an NFL writer. Maybe we'll do a broad stroke situation. I haven't decided yet. Uh, let me, if you have a if you have a take, if you have a thought, let me know uh, what you want for for that show and 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 maybe for the bye week show as well. Uh, and we can get that all set up. Packers, Falcons, Monday Night Football, ESPN, National TV, a chance to go four zero before the bye week, and then the meat of the schedule really kicks into gear. The 49ers, the Bucks. And then, you know, it, it it eases up a little bit. So we'll uh, we'll learn a lot about the Packers in the next month or so. And I guess it's a, it's a little longer than that because the Packers have the Falcons. Then the bye week, they go at Tampa, at Houston, home for Minnesota, and then at San Francisco. And then the, the schedule gets a little bit easier to close out the year. So th- th- that's the stretch of games. You know, the Falcons, this is a classic trap game, uh, you know, after a big win. And then with the bye looming, you, you, you got to bank this win. 4-0 going into the bye, and then, you know, you get through that that stretch, Tampa, Houston, Minnesota, Vikings, and the 49ers. If you can get through that, you know, worst case, 2-2, two and 3-1 two, and one maybe, you're going to be the one seed. I mean, because the way this schedule finishes, they're going to be the one seed if they can, you know, get out of that at an above 500 clip. So get this win and go from there. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.